Hello, lovelies. Welcome to the Fat Joy Podcast, where we talk each week about how to flourish in an anti-fat world. I'm Sophia, a fat person and professional coach who loves talking to other fat people about what it's like to live within oppressive systems that marginalize our bodies and how we still dare to have the audacity and courage to reach towards our collective liberation and embrace our joy. Please know this is an adult content podcast, so there will be swears, we will be talking about harms we've experienced, and we will be rebelling against diet culture, anti-fatness, ableism, racism, etc. If you'd like to support the Fat Joy podcast and get bonus content as a thank you, please check us out at patreon.com fatjoy. I am so glad you're here with us. Enjoy. Welcome back, everyone, to the Fat Joy podcast. I have a special treat for you today. <laughs> I have no idea how this is going to go. Um, I am joined by a friend who is like one of my best friends who I met in grade eight. We just figured out we have now known each other for 29 years, which is astonishing wow. and slightly <laughs> terrifying. Um, so I will tell you, her name is Laura Massey, but I'm going to call her Fran, and she may explain why. But <laughs> I realized, uh, yeah, I don't actually call you by your actual name. So Fran, do you want to tell yes. us a little bit about yourself? Sure. So yes, I, um, I do have two names. We'll just start there. Uh, my <laughs> name is Laura Francis, but uh, when I was young, um, I went by Fran. That's what my family called me. And when I was 11, uh, we moved to another state and I got mad at my parents and decided to change my name. So I changed it to Laura and uh, I repeatedly did not get phone calls because people would call the house and say, may I speak with Laura? And my parents would <gasps> say, I'm sorry, you have the wrong number. I don't think I knew that's the origin story. Ah! Yes. So <laughs> yes, uh, and that was moving to Milledgeville, Georgia, where I met Sophia. That's it. And yep, we went through... Um, high school together. And then she actually moved away when we were 17. Mm -hmm. But we have maintained that distance friendship for 25 years. Oh, my God. So that's pretty incredible. Yeah. Um, yeah. So um, I, let's see, so grew up in central Georgia, went to college in Atlanta, Georgia, a small all women's college, loved it, go Agnes Scott. Um, <laughs> and then uh, stayed in Atlanta, moved to St. Augustine for a bit to do something different. And decided it was uh, not for me and moved back to Atlanta and um, dated my uh, boyfriend for a while. He became my husband. We got married. We had a child, a daughter named Addison and got divorced a few years later. And uh, here I am now dating somebody else for a while. And I am a CPA. I work for a small company doing fun accounting things. I get to play office every day. It's lots of fun for me. <laughs> and uh, my daughter's nine, just got a new dog. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's... Yeah, three step kids, three step kids. We are now both step mom, step ca co-parenting, caregivers. I don't even know the terms. It's so strange. It, it is very strange. Yeah. It's very weird. To, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Um, so that's a good start, right? Yeah, that's there's, awesome. There's some info. <laughs> so good. I'm sure we'll get into a lot more. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> um, so Fran, um, one of the reasons I was so excited to talk to you just because I love you and we, you know, 
or you know, we stay in touch and um, kindred spirits. And kindred spirits. Oh yes, Anna Green yes. Gables was our thing as a kid. Um, yep. Oh my god, that totally makes me want to talk about Footloose and Willow and all the others. But I'm gonna I'm gonna hold. <laughs> Focus. This is why this interview is going to be hard. <laughs> they are so remaking Willow, by the way. I know. My <laughs> sister sent me the thing because she knows yes. it's our thing. Yeah, super yep. excited. Yay, Disney. Um, one of the reasons I thought it'd be so... I think this is our last, the last time we talked. I thought it'd be so fun to chat with you about body stuff because you and I have been through a shit ton of body stuff together. We met in grade eight. So we were 14. We went all the way through till teen years, like 11. I think I left when I was 16, 17. 16, 17. Yeah. Um, And then of course, stayed in touch throughout those years. So like almost 30 years of staying connected, having a friendship, right? And just like the typical body stuff that, that, um, yeah, that we went through and talked a lot about. But it was interesting in our last conversation, um, I'd asked you about my parents and like, did you did you ever notice they did this thing for me? And you're like, oh, yeah, like you, <laughs> your mom said stuff to me about my body. And I was like, we need to have a podcast conversation because <laughs> I think talking about it now as adults is very different, obviously, than mm-hmm. how we possibly talked about it or thought about it when we were kids. And so I'm just so curious to get that um, tangent exploration because I feel like it's so relatable. Um, so that brings me to the first question, which is your relationship to the word fat. And mm. that journey, this is a big one. <laughs> so um, I am, uh, I'd say I don't have a good relationship with the word. I still don't like it. I'm not comfortable with it. Yeah. I am fat at this point. Um, I have not always been, I kind of went up and down. So in high school, I was always heavier than most of our friends. Mm -hmm. Um, you were not, and you were the hot, uh, what was, um, international, you know, you had that (laughs) Greek long hair, you played soccer with all the boys. So my best (laughs) friend was this hot girl and I was like a size 16 and you know do you know what though i never felt that way i never felt hot which is so interesting yeah well i mean i don't know that it can be hot with the millageville dudes no yeah. offense to millageville but um i'll probably oh we'll get some hate i was gonna say we're gonna get some millageville hate mail yeah um <laughs> sorry millageville uh so yeah, I've been mostly uncomfortable for, I would say, most of my, well, not most of my life. I went through a period where I wasn't. I, um, not long after college, I started working out and actually liked it. Like I liked mm. the weight training part and ended up losing weight. But that was the focus was um, to lose weight. I, and I did lose weight. I had a weight loss competition with my sister-in-law before I got married Um So, because I was, you know, going to be in a wedding dress and it was like, oh, I have to look good for this. And, and I did feel better. And some of that was probably because, you know, just the science of exercise and endorphins and all those things that happen when you are moving. I know from listening to you, movement versus exercise is different now. And so anyway, um, I had, I was, I was what I consider my normal, um, for a while, 
Um, and then I had a baby and um, had a hard time losing weight from that. And then I was sure breastfeeding was just going to take it all off because that's what everybody said. It was like, oh, you'll lose so much weight breastfeeding. I yeah. lost like zero. Oh. Um, and then I, um, I got on some anti-anxiety medicine and I don't know if it was that or hormones or something else, but I gained 30 pounds in a year and I, um, no, a hundred pounds heavier than when I had a baby. And it's just astounding to me. Like I think about that number and it's awful. Now I don't weigh myself. Um, most of the time it's fine. But there are times when I'm moving, like I tie my shoes and I'm like, I have to like move my leg a different way because my stomach's in the way. Right. Stuff like that. Yeah. And it just, I mean, I've done, I've certainly done a lot of therapy. I just was, I had therapy earlier today, actually, and I was talking to the therapist and we've been working together eight years. Wow. And, yeah. Oh, that's amazing. So I should be like fixed by now. <laughs> I don't know why I'm not. I should be fixed. Um, like everything should just be wonderful. Right. But, um, so there's a lot less. <laughs> There's a lot less self, um, not, not self-harm. That's not the right word. Um, like the, the voice in my head is not quite so ugly to me as she once was. Um, but I still am like insecure and I don't want to weigh what I do and clothes don't fit well. And the clothes they have, I mean, this is obviously a whole thing. The clothes they have for fat people is like, I don't want to wear a, giant shirt and you know so it's i i mean i've gotten to the point where i'm so much more comfortable in workout gear like it's tight and form-fitting i'm fine with that but i can't always wear that to work you know i i do have some dress down days sometimes um so yeah that's a really long-winded answer but yeah. i don't i don't love the word but i want to it's just letting go of all of the shit behind it that we know that i mean all of this is about so it's good to hear people talk about it. I will say it. I am not. Um, sometimes I can't listen to it because I just feel too shitty about myself. Absolutely. Yeah. It's like too close on some days. I feel like that too. There are days where I'm like, I just can't. I just can't with diet culture right now. Yeah. Or even people shouting out against diet culture. I just, there are days where it's too much. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I love that, Fran. Thank you. I'm so curious, and I I love that we're having this. <laughs> I love that we're having this conversation live for the first time, um, and we haven't actually <laughs> talked about this before. Which is like, I want to go back. Like when you, so obviously we know each other's families very well. We kind of lived at each other's homes. Um, my impression of your parents, and you have two brothers, a brother and a sister. Like our sibling ages are all around the same, so a lot of similarities. I'm so curious about like. Did your did you ever have attention drawn to your body when you were a kid? Was that ever something that came up in your family? Like Miss Mary Kay, like your mom is and your dad are, you know, kind of straight size. Like I'm just so curious if you ever experienced feelings around that. They were yeah, it's funny. When my mom was in her 40s, she probably had the best shape in her life. She was, I remember she was running. My dad ran, they both ran like six miles a couple days a week. Um, my mom was working out and, and had the capacity to, I mean, we were older at that point. Like, it's funny to think, you know, my mom had three, three kids by the time she was 29 and I had zero kids, you know? And so we were 
Groner, Groner, Groner. Um, this isn't a grammar podcast. <laughs> no, no, not at all. <laughs> um, we were more grown, and so we could, you know, take the bus home and whatever. Um, I didn't. So yeah, I was I was heavier. My my brothers were not. Nobody in my family really was. My I comes from my dad's side. I am shaped <laughs> like my dad's side of the family. I'm shaped like my grandmother. Me too. My grandmother struggled with weight. Okay. Yeah, I yeah. Know that. My dad's mom. Yeah. yeah, my grandma. Yeah. Yeah. So I actually, an aunt on my dad's side had gastric bypass surgery and just a lot of weight fluctuation. So no, I remember, I don't remember, it may have been when I came home from college one time and they were talking about food. And of course I gained the freshman 15 or 20 or whatever it is because college food was amazing. I didn't have to cook my for myself. They had, I think I had like a boiled egg and hash browns with gravy on them every day for weeks. Oh my God. Delicious. delicious. <laughs> I know. Um, and such comfort food. Oh yeah. And always. I mean, God, if we have the food conversation. Well, I was um, going to say, I remember like meals at your place. We, I mean, I think when I would sleep over, I think in this, like the, let's say the Saturday morning or whenever breakfast was, your family would make the best Southern food. It would be like biscuits and gravy and like oh my god tick dip <gasps> tick that dip. would be like a like an evening kind of thing basically melted cheese and you just dip <laughs> chips into it and all like the amazing popcorn and popcorn salt like your family i loved yep. your family's food that was very different from the food i was having in my house so yes i come from you have to clean your plate and like three solid meals a day where it is, you know, dinner is often a, a meat, a starch and a vegetable. So I did always have to eat my green thing. Like that's still what I equate as healthy. Yes, yeah, exactly. That's still my healthy today is something green. Gotta have something green. Um, so it's so ingrained in me and the whole like cleaning your plate. I, I already see I'm going down a tangent. So that concept is such a struggle to this day. I'm, I have biscuits in my fridge right now because we had a meeting last week at work and they brought in breakfast for us. And some of us that are local in Atlanta took some of the food home. So I have biscuits in there. I don't need to eat them. They're probably bad at this point, but I feel so terrible wasting them. So I'm just eating them. I don't necessarily want a biscuit, you know, not maybe, I mean, I, the whole good for you, bad for you, whatever. But like, that's not maybe what I need right now. Not the best fuel for my body, but I'm like, well, I can't waste it. <laughs> I, I don't. So the struggle of listening to my body of when am I full? What do I actually want? Like I was not taught that at all with food. No, me neither. Yeah. Like you eat what's put in front of you. It was not like an intuitive eating type no. of approach. I don't, I don't know if that, did that exist 30 years ago in a popular kind of way? I don't think so. No. I certainly never heard it either, but I remember, I remember that from your family and my family too. My parents were the same. Um, yeah. Like you didn't get to also too, there was no choice. You ate what was put in front of you there. You were mm -hmm. not allowed to be a picky eater, which is also very different these days. Yep. Nope. And, and you had to eat your food to get your dessert. So sometimes it was like eating. It just, yeah, that whole intuitive eating, it, I wish it had existed. And it is hard. I'm, I know we may get to this later, but with Addison now, trying to teach her to eat what's put in front of you, don't waste food, but also don't eat more than you need to. But I mean, that, like, I'm, I'm tempted to just give up now and she's nine. It's fine. 
Um, I'm sure I've given her enough. She can go through the rest of her life. She'll be fine. Yeah. She won't, she won't need eight years of therapy. <laughs> no, no, no. She's, she's fine. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I remember, I remember my mom doing South Beach diet. Oh yeah. South Beach. Yeah. I have, I, the minute I have, I've never, I realized early that diets didn't work because the minute you say no to me, that's all I want. And I, I like, so like what would happen? What would that look like? Oh, all, I mean, you can't have asparagus. Fran, you can't have asparagus. Oh, well, all I want is asparagus. That's what I'm going to eat. And so the minute you say no ice cream, I'm literally craving ice cream. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I don't know if it's the rebellious side, what it is, but the minute you say no, I'm like, well, screw you. That's what I want. So I learned early. I can't restrict myself. Um, and I didn't like the concept of it. Like, I don't like that it's this all or nothing. You know, I've got friends that are like, oh, I'm gluten free and the, the brain fog has lifted and, or, oh, I don't drink alcohol. And I'm like, but none of that sounds like fun. Yeah. Like, I like food. Yeah. And gluten tastes amazing. Um, like I'm not giving up pizza. Well, that's so like, I didn't realize like how emotionally intelligent of you to actually at a pretty young age think, I don't, I don't, it doesn't feel good to go all or none. It doesn't feel good to restrict. Right. And I think, and there wasn't, I mean, I think the problem back then was more, I just don't look like everybody and clothes don't fit me well. And like, you're supposed to be skinnier. You're supposed to lose weight. So I think it's more that I have a problem there than that I don't like my body. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, yeah. I try to be thankful for my body does a lot for me. And I mean, that, like, you've talked about that. I think we've talked about that. People talk about that in general. Like, you know, all the posts online with fat, able-bodied people, like, that's, you know, my body does just what yours does. I can move. You know, I, I did... Um, I mean, a couple of years ago, during the beginning of the pandemic, I was talking with Cayenne, who you know, friend mm -hmm. from college, and we were going to get together at some point. We kind of got the idea like, oh, I should bench press you. I don't, it, it came up from there, but then, <laughs> so that's what I worked towards. And I bench pressed her. She's 130 pounds. I picked up a human 14 times and I bench pressed her. Like, <laughs> and there are photos and video proof. Yeah, I was... It was so good. Yeah, that was so. <laughs> I, I, yeah, it's just this, it's this crap out here that says that you're not supposed to look like right. that. And that there's like, it's, that's the part, you know, like I, I, I wish I could find a pair of jeans that was comfortable, you know, and like that kind of stuff is where I think I struggle. And that's where I still, my focus, the negative part of me is. Well, I can't find clothes if it. That's the only way I'm going to look better is if I can lose weight so I can find clothes. Right, right. You just bring back moo-moos. I don't, I'd be fine. Uh, I am all for a moo-moo. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And I, so I feel the same way. I feel like when I'm in my, my little world that I've created in my home with my friends in you know, in my work life, which is all from home, like I, I totally forget that I'm fat. It's when I then enter the, the world that is not designed for my body that I really, really notice it and feel it. And that friction is still, still hard to not turn inwards as like 
I'm wrong. My body's right. wrong. I feel shame about that. And, um, oh, I hate it so much. Cause it's, yeah. I, I, like, like, did you, when you were, I'm just so curious about when we start to notice these things. Cause I don't think I started to notice it. It's weird. I always felt fat and I had been eating. I don't even know if you knew this, like well, you know now, but if you ever notice right. anything, but I had been eating disorder since I was probably 10, since before I moved to Georgia, I was stealing money from my mom's wallet, buying food. I was having huge binges. Um, in response, I think, to restriction. And I'm very much like you, like, if you say I can't do it, I'm gonna be like, fuck you, I'm doing it. Um, so I think there was, you know, maybe that's why we're friends. Um, <laughs> we're pretty rebellious. But I don't know, did you ever notice my eating or your eating when we were those ages? Was that a thing that we really noticed or talked about? I don't remember us talking about it. And it's probably because, because, it's probably because <laughs> I speak properly here, uh, because we were comfortable and we were friends and that like, there was no judgment. I think the people that I'm closest to, there's just truly a genuine feeling of no judgment and love between. So yeah, I'm not noticing. I, I like, when I go out now and order food, sometimes I order something and I think, what if somebody's like, oh my God, that fat woman over there does not need to be eating that. Right. Like, no one's paying attention to me. No, it's true. Shit. <laughs> but it, I have to like check myself and order what the hell I want to. And, you know, but I, no, I don't, I don't notice. I didn't notice it then. And I don't, um, yeah, I don't, I don't think I noticed it with, friends just when like maybe around Kim like Kim would have a Hershey kiss and be like all right well I guess I'm having one because <laughs> you felt like you couldn't have more right yeah Kim yeah, was yeah. Like this little tiny petite whatever and and even when you and I at that time were different sizes and I felt that I felt fatter I don't know that I would have called myself fat then because I think I would have been embarrassed to yeah but I was usually embarrassed with like you know, having to squeeze into a car. I hate it if I had to get to the back row of a minivan, you know, like that kind of stuff. And I think at that point I could still fit like now, you know, sitting in a chair is you said, you said the friction that's out there. And I'm like, literally like trying yeah. to sit into a chair sometimes. <laughs> it's like, seriously, like, oh yeah, who can, who can fit in this? Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't think I noticed because I was, like around you or friends, I was in my comfortable place or friends that weren't judging me. Yeah. 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 So then we discovered boys. Yes. Boys. <laughs> oh, boys. Oh, boys. Um, yeah. Did you ever think about or feel weird in your body? Like when you I were don't. dating? Yeah. Did it show up there? Uh, I'm sure. I don't know that I remember so much. Um, I mean, I remember finding out that like I dated Ben, you know, for a while. Mm -hmm. I remember finding out that he planned on dumping me. Um, yeah. What? I don't remember this. No, I'm sorry. So I don't remember her name, her last name, Samantha, but she, she was like a year older than us, a year younger. And 
like there was something about he wanted to go to prom with her. I don't know. I don't remember. But like I remember, I mean, I God, I had self esteem issues. We'll just we'll just call him Peter. Um, <laughs> like all of that. I, obviously, there was self esteem. I don't know if it was esteem from my body. Most likely, because I think I was pretty confident. Otherwise, I was also pretty angry. But I don't know where that's. I mean, that probably was because I was uncomfortable with myself. I mean, after all this therapy, I've learned some of that and and that. Right. Yeah. Like how it shows up. Yeah. Yeah. Anger. Yeah. Because you were also like one of the smartest kids in our, you know, in our class, in our grades. You did all the APs and everything. And um, God, in grade eight, was it called the gifted program? I hope we don't call it those things now. Um, But yeah. Um, Yeah. Because you you had like you I remember you as confident, as opinionated. Um, as, <laughs> um, deeply smart. Like I was always, I think I told you, uh, that I had to fast forward. Oh gosh. I think I was applying, we were going to move back to Canada and I had to, I think I was applying to like Bishop Strawn, which is like a private school in Toronto. I don't mm-hmm. know why we were going to go there, but anyway, I had to write an essay. I take this test to about for admittance and I had to write an essay about the smartest animal I know. And I wrote about you. <laughs> <laughs> I did not know that. <laughs> yeah, I, was, I wrote about you and I'm your so math curious. skills. Yeah, <laughs> I wish I wish I well, could contact them. If anyone works at Bishop Strawn, uh, <laughs> see if you can find that application. Um, but yeah, so you were so smart. Um, yeah, it's funny when I think back on our memories, I remember feeling deeply uncomfortable in my body. You're saying you felt deeply uncomfortable in your body. Combine that with just being teenagers. Combine that with, you know... Um, just general lack of self-esteem and self-worthiness <laughs> at that age. But it's so interesting because I don't, we didn't really talk about it. I don't even know that we could have. I don't know if we had the words at that time, you know? Right. So it felt also really lonely. Like I felt lonely in a lot of my own struggle with food and body. Um, yeah. There was a lot of, for me, there was a lot of um, self-deprecation. I mean, I... Yes, I remember that. Oh, I still do it now. It's gotten better because I've repeatedly been given feedback that it's not helpful. Um, and there are still times when, like, I like being funny because I think I am sometimes. Um, and, but I have to watch myself to not do that. But there was mostly self-deprecating. Like, that's how I tried to make it light. But it was, I'm sure, bothering. Just like everybody was. You're right. It was lonely. That's That's a perfect way to describe it yeah 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 um so then um then I moved away we stayed in touch we both went to university started like careers 20s 30s all that good stuff um when did for you I don't know if I know this when did it start to shift a little bit for you you started to kind of question what I would say questioning diet culture but just that whole idea of well, what if I don't have to conform to what the societal norms are? And I know, you know, it's hard to f- fully disconnect from that, but just curious when that inkling, do you remember or was there a thing? I mean, I probably still, well, I knew it didn't work for me, but I knew I wanted to, for a long time, be skinnier. Um, so then it was uh finding something that like i tried working out more than anything else um and for a while i found stuff that i liked 
but I hate running. That's miserable. We used to do tons of races together. Do you remember? We had like all the the t-shirt. Yeah, we did tons of races. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> like now, and I even, I had a friend here for a while that we would try to do one a month, you know, and we'd go have breakfast afterwards or something. I mean, it was a, you know, a nice thing to do, but um, I just didn't like cardio and um, I didn't think of it as mute movement. It was always like, oh, I have to do this thing so that I'm not like, so that I can look better right it was tied to that right yeah it's not and you know i would it, it was all tied to like should be doing or could be doing it was never like so like dessert i like dessert i didn't want to stop eating dessert oh you're not supposed to it's bad for you like well i don't I've gotten certainly lately, I've gotten more curious about food and the idea that food is fuel and like fueling mm. my body the right way. I want to do that because our bodies are insane, complicated machines and it's amazing they can do what they can do. And so I don't want to like overload it with shit if I don't have to. But if that shit tastes good, I'm going to eat it sometimes. So, but like, you know, under like that part is there's some curiosity there. And so that makes it a little like, oh, this would make me feel more, you know, awake during the day and I don't get a 2 p.m. slump or whatever. Like things like that are interesting. And that can drive me to be, I don't even want to use the word healthy, but like where I'm just looking out for my well-being, you know, in general. Um, but, but the, I mean, I don't, I don't think, um, gosh, I'm trying to think. I, up until very recently, I have always wanted to be skinnier or I've worked towards that in some way, even though I've known that diet culture might not die. I won't say diet culture diets did not work for me. Yeah. Like intentional weight loss. Intentional weight loss was really always very hard and I struggled with it. And, um, I, I, I mean, so I don't, I don't know that until recently, I've really said like, none of this, this, this shit that's out here is, you know, it is a, a, a crock, like the, the shit people try to sell, like it doesn't work. And it is, it's all money and it's all capitalism and all that stuff. And so it's so, it's so hard to still shed it, I, but you know, like I'm gonna, I'm going to do what I can do. And that's all I can do. Like, yeah, it's yeah. kind of, I, I still may be uncomfortable in myself sometimes, but I'm, I'm not going that route. Like I'm not dieting again. I'm never doing it again. I would like to, you know, know how to nourish my body from that perspective. I want to move because that is good for me. I watched both my grandparents who were healthy for a long time, Nani boogie boarded until she was 75, you know, like <laughs> nice. that's impressive. I want to be able to move, but the minute they stopped moving, it went so downhill and they were in pain and couldn't move. And I don't want to do that. So I, I'm just trying to shift away from, I mean, I can't tell you the last time I weighed myself at the doctor, but like, I'm just trying to shift in general away from food is good or bad. Workout is good or bad. I just want to move. I mean, I've, I've got literally right here in front of me, I've got juggling balls um, because. Are you learning how to juggle? I'm learning how to juggle. And it's, you know, it's fun. I do it until I get pissed off and then I put yeah. them back down. <laughs> I love that. 
Yeah, I I feel like I'm going on so many tangents, but I mean, yeah, I. It's so relatable. Everything you're saying is makes so much sense. It's so relatable because it is, I do, I think it's this, again, what I hear from clients, what I hear from everyone I speak to, certainly from myself, it's this journey. It's like, oh yeah, and then at some point I stopped doing calorie math. And then, oh yeah, at some point I got rid of my, you know, size 12 clothing. <laughs> um, and right. then at some point I... Um, yeah, refused to be weighed at the doctor's office. And I would educate anyone who would listen. And even if they weren't listening, I was saying it uh, <laughs> about why the BMI is bullshit. And then at some point, you know, so it's like these, I feel like there's these little kind of stepping stones along the way. Mm -hmm. And then, and it's just this gradual learning that happens that then creates a bit of a mindset shift, which impacts our, our behavior. And then that, that is just kind of how we start to live. Cause yeah, I don't, I have no idea what I weigh. I refuse to be weighed by any doctor because there is no need to weigh me. Take the blood right. work. Let's talk about, um, you know, health from a way that actually is impactful, which is my blood work and my vitals. And those are all perfect. So there's no need to weigh me. You're not giving me any medication that's based on my weight. Like, so there's just all these things that start to shift and then you start to show up differently. So it's cool. It's been so neat to see you on that journey too. Well, so I just went to the doctor recently. So I've had, I've had high blood pressure since I was 30 and it runs in my family very strongly. Um, and I was on the smaller side of, I was at least, I was at least, um, 115 pounds lighter than when I was, than I am right now. I have had to increase my blood pressure. Um, and now my blood pressure medicine gives me heartburn. So I had to take something for that. So, and, mm -hmm. and my doctor's really good and she's very good about, it's not jumping right to like, what do you eat? You know, I mean, it's just like, what do you do for mental health? Do you, you know, we talk about therapy. I actually, she was referred to me by my psychiatrist who prescribes my anti-anxiety medicine. Um, and, but this last time she did say, she's like, you know, losing a little weight might help with the blood pressure. And, and I have a hard time with that. So I haven't done the research because I know this is one of the things you want to empower people and teach people, but health wise and medical wise, that's always been the case. Now I will never be off blood pressure medicine because it runs in my family, but I've had to increase as I've gained weight. Is there a connection there or not? It's also as you've gotten older, as stress right. levels change, like that's the, that's why, that's my struggle with these recommendations. I, I will say, I'm very excited. I've got um, two health experts, one who's an actual doctor and another one who is, who travels the world talking to doctors <laughs> about wow. fat, like anti-fat bias. Cause this is the thing that comes up all the time. Certainly, as you know, with my family, it's this whole, but your health. I mean, my parents are in, well, we're in the medical field and that that whole thing and what the research unequivocally shows we have a, over a century of research that shows that dieting doesn't work all it does is put right. us into a stress state which actually then creates a lot of those other problems when i was dieting my cholesterol was super high i stopped dieting my cholesterol is perfect my triglycerides are perfect and again this is all this also starts to get into healthism like it's okay that i'm fat because i'm healthy which suddenly has health is a moral moral thing and i yes. don't want to say that but this whole health is the reason why fat people should not exist is just 
so insidious and the research that is sponsored by Noom and Weight Watchers and Novo Nordisk and all the bariatric surgery providers and it's all so biased and terrible and they only watch people for six months. At two years, even after bariatric surgery, almost everyone has gained back the weight and they wow. have major complications. Yeah, like bariatric surgery itself is not a permanent. So there is no permanent way. And I don't know, I, I don't want to go off too far into this, but <laughs> it's just like, oh, it's just so frustrating. But those are the people that you look to. I mean, I know doctors don't know everything. You trust them. Right. And it's kind of like, well, I don't know what else to do. And, you know, it, it is very, um, it, it's just very hard to know which direction to go. And it's kind of like, well, but, but it's not enough to make me until somebody says you're going to die unless you do this. Like I'm not, I, I can't see myself cutting a specific food group out or alcohol out. I mean, everything in moderation. Yeah, well, and what they show, what actually, what, what like proper research shows is that health promoting behaviors like movement, like mindfulness, like decreasing stress, like connection to loved ones, being like having relationships with people who really see you and you get really seen by, those mm -hmm. things all impact all of those measures more deeply, like a sense of safety. All of that counts more than putting yourself on a diet to intentionally lose weight. And it just, it, really bums me out that that's not like what's part of the conversation yeah yeah what did you say when your doctor said that like how did you how did that I, like how'd that make you feel she because i i do value her because she is very um big picture not just i mean the doctor i was seeing before was an old white man and it was like i mean he literally looked at his chart the whole time okay we'll lose some weight you know gross and, and she, I know, yeah. Um, and, you know, she said she was, and she normally doesn't mention it. She's like, you you have gained 20 pounds in this last year. She's like, I just, you know, it's just something we have to keep an eye on. I mean, she wasn't like, go home and lose weight immediately. And, and she would not say do a diet or anything like that. She's just, you know, she'll talk about my movement and that kind of thing. And I, I'm that, and that's Part of it does scare me a little because I don't move enough. I sit at a desk all day. You know, when I'm in the office, I get up and down and walk around, but that's not as much movement. And so that was when I started talking to, I still go to the gym. I still go to that same trainer that got me ready to press Cayenne. Um, and I love the heavy stuff. That's not a lot of movement. Um, and so I, I do worry about my own movement and flexibility. So I, I think I'm just, like I've just told myself, just focus on those and don't worry about the rest of it. Smart. And if something gets better, it doesn't. If something doesn't, then I'll figure it out then. I've tried really hard to stop doing that whole like, well, what if this doesn't work? What if this doesn't work? Because that's my tendency. So the anxiety medicine's working. Yay. <laughs> I mean, I did wonder if it was that. Like I said, that one year I gained 30 pounds in a year. Maybe there's something hormonal and this is just how it is. You know, I'm 42. And so who knows? I mean, I never had a stomach before. And then all of a sudden it just pooped out. And Me too. Yeah. When I started my endometriosis meds, which is um, a progestin, so it is designed to get rid of all the estrogen in my body. So basically like menopause, um, because that also will slow down the endometrial growth. 
Um, yeah, my, I, I have, I have like a, a belly. I never really had a belly. Now I have a belly and it's, you know, it's, it is, it's weird. Like you said, like kind of putting on shoes. It's like, oh, there's my belly. And then, like, let's move you. I actually, I follow, <laughs> I follow and, and also will be on this season three. Um, uh, a really amazing, um, very fat yoga instructor. And I, uh -huh. and I do, um, their kind of classes online. And what I love about what they do is they're like, all right, so sit down, pick up your belly, move it to the left. And like, <laughs> she, it's just so normalized. And I, that was huge for me because I struggle. My belly is, I'm getting better. I've been really focusing on not, I, also, too, because of endometriosis and I have fibroids. So I feel like there's a whole lot happening in like my belly area, my reproductive organs area. So I'm trying not to hate it or yeah. get frustrated or mad at it and actually be really loving and kind of like, there's my belly, you know, trying <laughs> drawing a smiley face on it. <laughs> Do that. Just kind of change the energy a little bit so that yeah. it's not you know, it doesn't feel, I don't want to, I don't want to dislike any part of my body. Cause even like what you said, like our bodies are so incredible and I'm so proud yeah. of what my body has been able to do and what it still does. And yeah. So just that shift is something that I'm still always working on. I don't, yeah, it's a journey. Well, it's, you said earlier, when you're in your bubble, when you're in with your friends or your family that, you know, you trust and and you're secure and there's you're safe it's fine and if i could just stay in that bubble like you know i i went to a mountain house with a group of girls cayenne and then some other people and i am by far the largest you know and i don't i mean every now and then i'm like god i'm like fatter than everybody here but i'm but that's it like it kind of comes in and goes out and the rest of the time it's fine and i'm not you know, I, they all did yoga one morning. I'm like, I hate yoga. Um, mainly because it's always skinny bitches doing it. And I'm like, they don't have to move a belly out of the way. You got to get a fat bitch that I'm telling you, I have many recommendations. Yes. <laughs> well, I need it because I hate yoga and I think it would like probably do me some good flexibility wise and mobility wise, but I, I don't, it's not my thing so far. I want to like it. I've tried so many years to like yoga and I just can't get on that train. Um, but yeah, when you're in that bubble, it's fine and everything's okay. And then you leave it and you go outside or you see a yeah. freaking ad, even when you don't want to. I mean, I'm not on social media that much and still like bombarded with it. And it's, you know. Well, even in my in my bubble, in like a stand-up comedy special on Netflix, fat jokes will always come up. And I'm just like, oh, do better, dude. Usually it's a white guy. And I'm like, all right, well, we're not watching this one. So my partner and I, Chris and I will be watching something. I'll be like, nope, uh, it's turning it off. You can watch that without me if you want. Um, and I, it is, I hate when it invades in the same as I hate seeing racism or ableism or at like any transphobia, homophobia. Like, I mean, I, it's, <laughs> I can't watch friends anymore at all. Cause it has, it is fat Monica, super homophobic. Um, oh my gosh, go back and watch with a lens. Oh yeah. There's lots of like the guys get too close together and they're like, oh, you know, like they like as if the thought of two guys touching shoulders is disgusting. Like it's really, 
I watched it a couple years ago and I thought, oh yeah, Friends is done for me now. <laughs> we've we've completed our relationship. I um I I mean I've certainly probably seen every episode at this point, but I don't I don't know them as well as oh, some people yeah. do, and I haven't rewatched them. Like I haven't. Don't bother. I, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Ignore Seinfeld. Also deeply problematic. <laughs> I hated Seinfeld the first time. It oh, came did on. yeah. I never watched it. it. Drove me freaking batty. Yeah. Everybody's like, oh, I can't believe you don't like Seinfeld. I also don't like Jerry Maguire out there, people. Like that was a stupid movie. Tom Cruise is awful. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. In case for curious yes i am very curious i want all your opinions yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah you did say i was opinionated gary mcguire is stupid <laughs> so like, how good. can you hate that movie it's awful uh, i don't like it either the whole like you complete me i'm like no i complete myself <laughs> yeah our parents one thing that our parents definitely had in common was raising us to be really independent <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, what do you, what's it like now with your family? You know, is there any body stuff that comes up? How is it with, with the fam? Not with me. So you asked this earlier and I never really answered it. There was one time, either when I came home from college or something, where I remember my parents saying like, let's do a diet together. And my mom had this rotation diet book from like the 70s or early 80s. And it was basically like, you eat 600 calories and then you eat like eight for a week and then 800 calories for a week. I'm talking five crackers and like a bite of tuna for lunch. And it's, it's for like three weeks and you do it and it's, you know, jumpstarts your metabolism or something. And I did that. And it was, I, I mean, I like was chewing the last bite of cracker and I was starving, you know, and it, and again, because I couldn't eat anymore, I literally thought about food all day. Um, that was probably the only time. But I do, on the flip side, I mean, I, well, I don't know if this is good or not. I had lost five pounds, which you can lose in a day with water weight now. I mean, um, but I remember, like, I think I had actually lost five pounds and I kept it off. And I was like, oh, this is nothing. And I remember my dad, like, handing me a bag of flour and was like, you lost this much. Yes. And yes. so I, I like to think of that in a positive way of like, this is, this is what you're not carrying around anymore. I mean, not, not like you were gross and you're not gross anymore, but just like this, this is something it's substantial, like recognize your, you know, small stuff. I, now I don't, I don't feel, I don't feel any pressure. So my aunt, one of my aunts is, very health conscious, very skinny now. She's like plays tennis and golf during the weeks. Um, and she's, you know, careful about food and all that stuff. Um, she, so she was, I, I, not even fat. She was pudgy when she was younger and, and granddaddy made fun of her for it. Mm. Like this is the oldest. And so she's always had, so I'm, I'm guessing, I mean, she's over 70 and I'm, I would guess there's leftover stuff with that. Uh, maybe she likes it and is happy that way. Some people are happy that way and, and looking at what they're eating and all that stuff. And that's fine. Um, so there's like, I feel kind of twingy sort of around her. I never feel judged by her at all. It's more my own thing that I'm telling myself that people are judging me. 
Um, but no, I don't get anything from my family now. Um, That's great. I mean, my stepmom will like, we'll talk about stuff. My stepmom struggles with her weight and like is pre-diabetic and, you know, the doctors are always telling her she has to lose weight. Um, my, so we talk about it, but it doesn't, it doesn't feel bad now. And I don't like every now and then I, I don't necessarily fight the fat phobic fight. Like, I don't know that I'm interested in that. Um, other than to just exist and prove people wrong in that way, like because I exist and I'm happy and that kind of thing. So I don't always shut it down. <clears throat> um, that's not one of the, I guess, I don't know why. I don't know if it's made there's, I, I, cause I've tried to think about that before because that's one of the areas like I, especially when you're talking about the comedian, like I don't know that I, not that I don't, I don't care. Um, do you know what I'm trying to say very badly? <laughs> I, I, yeah. So I like, if they start talking about diet or, or, oh, you shouldn't eat this or shouldn't eat that. Um, but it doesn't, with my family, it doesn't feel like a judgmental thing. I, Larry, my partner, um, will, he's always like, oh, I'm fat. He's, he's obsessed with Peloton, but he loves it. Um, but he's like, oh, I can't eat that. You know, oh, I have to watch you know, what I'm eating. And he's, I mean, he's lost weight and he's building muscle and he looks good, but he looked good before. So for him, I'm always like, okay, you have to stop saying that. You cannot say you're fat. You can't. Yeah. Well, especially in front of the kids. I feel like, I feel very protective. He won't in front of the kids, right? He doesn't. I don't think I've heard him in front of the kids, but like one of his kids eats lean cuisine. And I'm like, why are you, you're 14 and you're a beanpole. Like, but I don't, I think it's just because he likes the taste of it. But like, how did he get introduced to that in the first place? Like, you know, so that's the part where I don't know. Um, yeah, but I don't, I don't feel it around my family now. Um, it's, it's pretty comfortable. I think, you know, I'm. That's good. I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm so curious. What have you thought a lot about this with Addison what you how you want to be with her I mean raising a little girl how Addison is nine nine um yeah it's uh it's messed up like kids they it's way harder than everybody says it is <laughs> they should come with a manual oh gosh <laughs> so yeah I don't I don't want to do the whole, you have to clean your plate, like specifically with food. I have a harder relationship with food um, because of that piece. So I think I mentioned this earlier, you know, I don't want to do the whole clean your plate, but I don't want her to waste food. I don't want her to eat more than she needs to eat. Like there are times when, um, you know, she'll say, I'm just, I'm full right now, or I need a break from eating. And then you know, but then it's hard because it's like, okay, do they get up from the table eight times? Like Addison will not sit still while she eats. I mean, the girl is like up and down, up and down, up and down. And, you know, um, so yeah, I don't, I don't know what to do all the time. Sometimes I will ask at therapy. I'm like, she wants dessert. I don't want to say you have to eat your food to get dessert because then it's dessert as a reward, but she should eat something sweet if she wants, because I don't want to bar it. You know, so, I mean, it's like literally every meal sometimes it's like, and I still have to do a green thing. And you still have to do a green thing. 
<laughs> I will say there's a book coming out by um, Virginia Soul Smith called Fat Chat, how to, how to parent in the age of dying culture. I, I butchered the subtitle, but she's a guest on the podcast and I'll, her book comes out in April. So that it's, it's going to be, it's, it's, it is like, it's almost like I need an instruction manual. Cause exactly this, we run into this with my stepkids too, which is like, okay, so he's full, but he's not really eating. And I've noticed he's losing weight. And is that just because he's 11, about to be 12, and this is just what happens? Or is he getting messages? Because of course, I'm always like, he's getting messages. <laughs> um, and, but then, but then there's always room for dessert. And so do we allow that? Like, it's just this, it's very complicated. Cause I don't want to put my food stuff. I don't want to pass that on to the kids. But I also want, like you said, I don't want, I hate wasting food as well because it all goes in Tupperwares and, the, and then we end up throwing it out because no one ever comes back and eats it unless it's me. I'm like, oh, macaroni and cheese. Thank you. <laughs> um, but most of the time it just, oh, it's so frustrating. It's hard. It's really hard. I did, I did like the advice I got about, I mean, this is small and, and dessert related, but, you know, I was talking about okay, well, she wants dessert after food, but if she doesn't eat all her meal, I don't want to make her eat if she's full. I don't want to give her dessert if she's full too, but you know, kids are, they have a separate stomach for dessert. So it was basically like you get dessert that's sort of commiserate with the foods you ate. So you ate a little bit of food, you get a little bit of dessert. Like oh, So like half a cookie. Yeah, yeah. Like Oh, I'm going to try that. That's interesting. I mean, it was kind of, you know, it's like, and then you sort of explain like, well, you weren't as hungry. So we're just, you know, you want to, you don't want to eat too much in general. Like, you, so Addison, anytime she mentions that, she's like, well, I, my stomach is full. Then I'm like, great, listen to your stomach, you know? And so, but then you don't want to create like where they ate three bites or they eat three bites. And then an hour later, they're like, I'm hungry again. Because, <laughs> you know, that whole, like your stepkids go through this, all of a sudden it's like they're going through their growth spurt and they're eating everything. Um, or sometimes I think they're just bored, which is when I eat also. Um, so yeah, it's, it's difficult. And, and Addison um, is a beanpole also. I mean, like no fat on her body whatsoever. And she's asked a couple times, am I fat? And I'm like, absolutely not. I said, but if you were, it would be okay. Like, I don't, you know, it doesn't, I mean, we've tried to go that route with everything. Like, I'll, you know, we asked her about school, like, are there any boys you like? Are there any girls you like? You know, we've, I mean, just tried to, just tried to say, okay, whatever path you want, you know, go for it. Just yeah, we do that too. That's so good. The whole like, am I fat thing? Gosh, is that, did you, were you able to see, like, this is hard. Like I was gonna say, were you able to ask? I mean, I've asked all these questions. It's very rare I get answers, but like, do you have a sense of where that may have come from? Like, is that something she heard somewhere? Well, that's, I, I mean, I think I asked her one time, I'm like, why would you, you know, why would you think that? Why would you ask? And, um, and I think it was, she probably said TikTok or YouTube. Like, I, I hate all of those things. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's amazing. It's shocking, actually, how much they get. They, especially with TikTok, they just flip through all these videos and then they'll say things. I'm like, that, first of all, that's not true. Second of all, like, it's just complete crap that they're watching. Oh my God, we're so old, Fran. I know. I'm so I know. Old. Literally, we are. I, I'm like, I hate TikTok. I'm like, I'm an 80 <laughs> year old. Um, but it is, and it's so hard to police any of that. Um, I mean, shout out to a, what I use as bark, um, 
And it's, I mean, I think it's like a hundred bucks, but I put it on her. I mean, I'm, I'm stalking her, but it lets oh. me know, like, it lets me know if her text messages include something violent or like, I got something about bullying because she was texting with friends and they were just having an altercation because that's the other thing. Kids don't know how to, now we're veering off, but like kids don't know how to, texting is for like, ha ha, that's funny. Not like, I feel sad because you excluded me from a group. You know, those are not text conversations. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it was, it was online that she felt the need to ask if she was fat. And, and I said to her, I actually did say, I was like, well, I'm fat. Is that a problem? Oh, and you did. Like, no, yeah, I did. I mean, it, it, it is miserable to say that. I, it, for, it, like, I hate saying it. I still hate it, but it is. And, but I, but I am, and I can, you know, it's like, but I can do all this cool stuff. I can lift heavy things. I can pick you up. I can, you know, walk a dog. Um, and she's only said it once or twice. And I think after that second time when I said, I'm fat, am I, is that a problem? And she didn't, she was like, no. And it wasn't, didn't seem to be anything behind it. So let's hope it stays that way. Uh, I would not want to go back to that age or I, you couldn't pay me enough money <laughs> to go back no. to being a teenager is miserable. I, I'm so with you. I would never go back either. Yeah. Yeah. I'm curious, where do you think your kind of body journey is headed? What would you want for yourself? More acceptance and more gratitude. Like, and, and just blocking out the noise and just saying like, this is me and this is where I am. And not feeling bad if I didn't move enough or I ate the wrong thing. I mean, it's not wrong. Getting over, getting over saying anything is wrong to you. Right. Good and bad. Yeah. 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 Good, bad, whatever. I, I mean, I am curious about mobility and flexibility and, and I think focusing on the things that benefit my body in terms of moving through life is where I want to head and focus and not worry about the other stuff because I'm not going to change. I want to say I'm not going to change. Um, I'm not going to change for the wrong reason. If I find that something fuels me and makes me feel good, then I'll do it. Um, but I also know that I enjoy a glass of wine or I am like all over dirty martinis right now. So freaking good. And, and like, I'm not going to stop that because that gives me joy. And, you know, like a, what, uh, the fries downstairs at our work, like the cafe in our building are amazing. And some <laughs> days, like, it's just so good to go downstairs and get some fries and dip them in ranch. You know, that's not going to kill me. Oh my God, my mouth's watering. I want fries and ranch immediately. I know, for real. <laughs> yeah. So good. Yeah, I love that. I love that, Fran. Yeah. Acceptance and gratitude and curiosity. I didn't learn curiosity until probably the last few years. I don't know about I you. I agree. I, you know where I learned it? In coaching training, because coaching is all rooted in curiosity. I didn't. I think this is my biggest struggle with my family is a lack of curiosity. No one's asking me 
well, why? Like, or what, what has you feel this way? What makes you so sure? I've sent articles. I have sent videos. I've sent the maintenance phase podcast. Shout out to maintenance phase. I always shout them out for the work that they've done. And there's just, there's, there's no curiosity. So I didn't, I did not learn that from my family. I learned it as a coach and it's something that I, yeah, have definitely learned. And that was 2014. (laughs) That's when I learned curiosity and, and really, truly, I see, I feel like curiosity is so tied to open-mindedness and open-heartedness and it, it, and empathy. Yes. You know, like that's my wish for the world always more empathy. Could we just all, but I think at the underneath that is a willingness to be curious, a willingness to have your own beliefs threatened or, cha- or, you know, cause it feels threatening. Challenged. Challenged. Yeah. So yeah, the curiosity piece is a really big one. Mm-hmm. That would be, I'd, I mean, the, the food and the weight and the that kind of stuff with Addison's going to come up. But, like, curiosity is my focus. Like, how can I teach her to ask the question? Because, and I would guess you're the same, like, well, you're probably better because you've done the coaching training. And so you've done some training there. But, like, my focus next year professionally is asking the questions instead of trying to offer the solution right away. So getting myself to be more curious, but trying to do the same with Addison. because. That's a lot of it is just, oh, like there's another way to think about this. I mean, how cool is that? Like, so, and making it okay as opposed to threatening. I think this is why it's so hard is it feels really threatening. I still, oh God, I still have moments. There was one the other day with my stepson. I forget what happened. Oh my God, I remember. It's so silly. <laughs> it's so silly. So I go up to our bathroom because he had, he, like an hour before, he'd asked where Q tips are. And I was like, oh, our bathroom, blah, blah. So then I, I go up, go to the bathroom, I think like an hour or two later. And I noticed there's like 10 Q-tips in the garbage. And not that I'm spying, but the garbage is right there. And I'm like, 10 Q-tips. So I go to so dinner. I was like, hey, sweetie, like, there were like 10 Q-tips. Were you, wh- what were you doing with them? He goes, oh, I was cleaning my ears. I'm like, 10 Q-tips? I'm like, could you walk me through this process? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I was like, is this a thing? Am I, have I been cleaning my ears wrong this time? Anyway, so he started to describe, oh yeah, sure. Like I use one Q-tip, I get it wet and I do this. And he was describing this process. I know. And I immediately was like, who taught you that? That's totally wrong. And I was like, I totally shit all over how he cleans his ears. I mean, I do think there needs to be an adjustment to how he's doing it. That's going to get expensive and bad for the environment. But, right? I just, but it was one of those moments where I heard my mom coming through, which is like, I know the right way. You're wrong. And I was like, oh, total fail. No curiosity. Cause I was, I was really in full judgment mode. I was like, um, that's wrong. That's not how you do it. This is what you do. And I just, and I was like, oh, who is this person showing up right now? Yeah. Zero curiosity. I, and I, it was funny because I talked to Chris about it later and I was like, what's with that? And he was like, "Mm, you were a little harsh. I'm like, "Mm, I think you're right. No, he was doing it wrong. <laughs> he was, well, right? That's what I, I actually know. felt. It's, it's hard. <laughs> and you're right. I mean, I probably, oh gosh, once a week, I'm like, that person's doing it wrong. And I want to be the one to tell them they're doing it wrong. You know, right? like, oh, vindicated. It's hard. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And, I you know, know. yeah. I immediately <laughs> thought of like somebody eating corn on the cob around instead of long ways, you know, like, 
Oh, no, no. For you, it's which way the toilet paper roll. Uh, that one is. That's been proven online. <laughs> like, And if it's on the internet, it's obviously real. It's obviously it real. Over. It's true. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I have never forgotten that. I remember that from so many like decades ago. I think you would change it on purpose every time. I would you absolutely came to my change it on purpose. I'm and sorry. And it would make me so angry. I, you know, I'm so no sorry. <laughs> oh, I, mean, I apologize sure now. But like, God, I mean, it goes over, people. <laughs> you know what, though? It worked because I will not tolerate an under toilet paper roll in this house. It, I flip it. It must you be shifted? over. I totally shifted. It has to be over. I think you got See, in my brain. Look at that. Right? Open Thank you, Fran. You're welcome. <laughs> I, I've peaked, people. That's it. Fall downhill from here. <laughs> That's so good. Um, I feel like this is a perfect segue into joy. <laughs> into what brings you joy. So we know what brings you joy in over roll toilet paper. Over roll toilet paper. <laughs> um... So, I mean, this is such a materialistic thing, but I got a Tesla uh, in March and I haven't gotten gas since February. And I love not getting gas. It brings me joy to not get gas. To drive by the gas station and see. <laughs> Wave. <laughs> it's funny. I don't even notice gas stations anymore, um, but I don't have to go to them. I don't, I just don't run out. Like, so... It's such a small thing, but I freaking love it. Um, obviously, my kid does. My brand new dog, I like it's so much fun having a dog. I did not think I've said for so long that I just don't want to take care of another living thing. Um, I mean, I don't even water my plants. Like, um, if you can see the plant behind me, it's fake. I was going to say it looks very healthy, but that's why. No, it's fake. <laughs> so, and, and Larry uh, brings me joy. Brings me joy that I have a good relationship with Addison's dad. And, you know, we can, we just talked today about um, Santa. Sorry, Addison, don't listen oh, to this. Oh, are you breaking the, are you telling? No, because Santa, so we had this conversation. So speaking of bringing joy, this was just <laughs> like a little heartwarming moment this morning. So we were talking about whether she was too old to believe in Santa. And Jay was like, I'm pretty sure she knows. She just wants to hang on a little longer. Aww. And I'm like, you know what? I'm not taking that away from her. Like, their kids, it's just all downhill from, you know, like 10 or 12 on. So let me just let her have this. So, yeah, like that brought me joy that she's probably aware. Because cause she she heard one of her YouTube people that she listens to. I was going to say, how, how could they be on social media and not know? Right. Yeah, exactly. And so Jay heard the YouTuber say something about your parents buying Santa presents, but he's like, Addison, I think just refuses. So that was like, that brought me joy specifically this morning. Lots of things bring me joy. A dirty martini at the end of the day, like having a Zoom where I, I can talk to a friend. I haven't literally lived in the same state or country in 25 years. It's bizarre. Yeah. Christmas, seeing my family. I mean, I could keep going. This could be like another. Oh, I love it. I love joy. it. <laughs> um, so much joy. My mom made chicken pot pie. My mom and my brother were here. They worked for two days. I mean, just prepping stuff early, but they made little individual chicken pot pies. For Thanksgiving? Like, a, no, no, no. This was, it was right after Thanksgiving. And um, there's still leftovers. I've been eating that. And they made this apple cranberry crumble with like a, like a ginger snap crumble on top with bourbon whipped cream. 
Oh, it was amazing. I was so excited that she had bourbon with cream. She probably went to school and told her teachers that we gave her bourbon. Um, defects, please do not call. It was fine. Um, doing puzzles. I love puzzles. Liberty puzzles. People should check them out if they, uh, they're wooden puzzles. So they're expensive, but they're really nice. And the pieces just click into place. What's, what's like this puzzle? Is it like a thousand piece? What's oh, your... yeah. They, so they, some of them are smaller um, where it might be like 426 pieces, but they're really like, it's still very hard because it's weird. It's not the normal. You should go look at, they have some really cool ones. Um, um, yeah. I don't That's know. It's a I great mean, list. All of that. It's yeah. Fran, may I just say you've turned into quite a positive person. Oh, I know. Right. I was so awful when I was young. Not awful. Not awful. But there was a, a way of viewing the world. Yes. That may have made it hard to list all those things that bring you joy. You're right. There was a lot more negativity and self-loathing. I think. I just want to hug 13-year-old you so badly. I know, me too. And just tell her it'll get better. And like, you know what? Milledgeville was bad for me. Like, I think you, sorry, Milledgeville, again. That ah. small town, that unacceptance of, unacceptance, whatever. Yeah. Not accepting of someone from outside. I mean, we were in high school. I mean, I was Greek. I was hairy. Oh, my God. For me the hair um body hair um yeah and canadian like no one knew what i was and in milledgeville it was just black and white and i'm i'm white but i also have olive skin like everyone was very confused by me i felt so unaccepted yeah uh, yes it was it was i think i think when i got out of milledgeville things got better and some of that's just you know you get out of high school and like we're not there's some people that are meant for small towns and that kind of place, like my mom still has friends from high school. You're my only friend from high school that I still talk to. And I still talk to Elizabeth sometimes. Like, that's it, you know, and I'm, I'm okay with that. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Do you want to know the irony, Franny? I, the town I live in now, the one that we moved to, I don't know if I told you this, how small it is. Um, 9,000 people. I am so small town now somehow. But can I say, I love it. I love it now. I love it now. Now I would not I would not love it as a teen. Like I see the teens, the only place for them to go is um the McDonald's. You go by the McDonald's and it's like eight o'clock on a Saturday night and there's just teens. It's hopping. <laughs> it's hopping. <laughs> my God. That was like our movie theater. We would go to the movies in grade eight, like all the movies and oh my gosh. Yeah. We kept that place in business. <laughs> we did. We did. Yeah. Yes. Um, this was awesome. I'm so glad we got to yeah, talk and catch up. I I wonder if maybe this is completely self-indulgent that we did this and I don't care. It's my podcast. And, it's your podcast. Um, I loved this conversation. It was so Me good too. to talk about all this stuff with you. Like, it's neat. We were so close. We are still so close. But there are these parts that you just don't talk about when you're younger so it's fun to kind of unearth some of that and explore it so thank you for being game for doing this i love you i love this conversation me too thank so you so good all right franny bye bye before we go i'd like to read a poem because poetry can reach our hearts in a different way poems can have us feel in a different way and that's what this podcast is all about, expanding our hearts, deepening our empathy, and inviting in joy. So each week, you get a new poem. 
Today's poem is inspired by my conversation with Laura Massey, who I call Fran. Uh, I've known Fran since grade eight, so 28 years. <laughs> and we spent most of our awkward years together, those teen years. Um, and so this poem feels perfect. It's called, Yes, Of Course It Hurts. <laughs> and it's by Karen Boy, translated into English by David McDuff. And here it is. Yes, of course it hurts when buds are breaking. Why else would the springtime falter? Why would all our ardent longing bind itself in frozen, bitter pallor? After all, the bud was covered all the winter. What new thing is it that bursts and wears? Yes, of course it hurts when buds are breaking. Hurts for that which grows and that which bars. Yes, it is hard when drops are falling, trembling with fear and heavy hanging, cleaving to the twig and swelling, sliding. Weight draws them down, though they go on clinging. Hard to be uncertain, afraid and divided. Hard to feel the depths, attract and call. Yet sit fast and merely tremble. Hard to want to stay and want to fall. Then when things are worst and nothing helps, the tree's buds break as in rejoicing. Then, when no fear holds back any longer, down in glitter go the twigs drops plunging. Forget that they were frightened by the new. Forget their fear before the flight unfurled. Feel for a second that their greatest safety rests in that trust that creates the world's. Thank you for joining me today. My hope is that you're feeling a little less alone and a little more seen. So until the next episode, you can find me on Instagram at fatjoy.life, on YouTube at youtube.com slash at fatjoy, and on Patreon at patreon.com slash fatjoy. Please do check out the show notes for how you can connect with my amazing guest and for the links to the poem. All right, lovely. I am sending you off with my best wishes for an abundantly fat joy day. And I look forward to talking to you again soon. Bye-bye.